You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey everybody, welcome to The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, with me as always is Brian. Brian, what's going on, man? Well, I'm doing well. It's uh, As we're recording this, it's mid-April. It is. Uh, it's going to be like 80 degrees here in Nashville today. I know. You're you're really excited about that. No. I'm, so our two weeks got, of winter is over. No, we've gotten through winter without snow. I mean, we had a dusting. Now, that doesn't make me happy. It makes you happy. It sure does. Uh, but we have a guest with us today who's going to be the tiebreaker. All right. So, yes, um, we our, our special guest today is uh, Dahadi Lewis. Dahadi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, okay, good. Now, Dahadi, you you are you live in Atlanta. Where are you from yes. originally? Are I'm you, from Los Angeles. You're from okay. okay yes. So this is not this okay, is not so well. this, this is, is not going to be fair. Yes. So yeah, how, how do you feel about how do you feel about uh, this awful demonic white stuff that falls from this the sky? This beautiful fluff that your kids can play uh, yeah. in. And, yeah, I, it's cold and miserable. Uh, I can do without. Nice. I can, I can do without. Now, I mean, you know, now let me just say that, I mean, I just went to Toronto this past oh, and it was sorry. like actually snow coming down. And, yeah. and for that time, I was like, this is beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. This was it? beautiful. But it was beautiful because I knew I was going home. See, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't beautiful. If I knew I had to live there and stay there, that's right. Um, but and we're I, not I had talking to live about in Canada. Like I was in Edmonton <laughs> this winter as well, and it was snowing. And, and it's like, no, these people have to live with us like eleven months of the mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. But here, it's like just a, a you know, just a, a small season to appreciate it. I lived in Florida for several years, mm-hmm. where it was just like hot all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, and it was something nice about having that. That cold contract. Okay, I'm losing this battle. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm sorry. Didn't I'm you sorry. have snow in Atlanta a couple years ago? It was. I mean, you know, snow snowpocalypse. You yeah. know, I don't know if you heard yeah, it. Yeah, like, like, that. Whenever it like it's, the thought of snow comes up, our eyes to like Atlanta shuts down. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I mean, well, but, you know, does too. And yeah. people say that we're wimps, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> like I'm okay with being a wimp because I'm just like stay away. I mean, I. I'm in the South. I stay in the South for a reason. I'm not going to the North. I don't need, I'm All not right. a seasons guy. No. See, you know, I am. I'm, you know, I'm I, so, okay, so I'm, I'm gonna be sorry for you guys. I'm going to be, okay. you know, I'm going to be a little bit quiet in this podcast because okay. I'm going to be praying for both right. of you yeah. while we record. I'm just going to censor it later. It'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, oh wait, that's my other podcast. Never mind. Right. Um, so, um, I lost this one. You did. Let's you just did. move on then. But I am going to say thank you for uh, vis- visiting, uh, not just visiting this podcast and hanging out with us at today at Lifeway, but, uh, uh, thanks for visiting my homeland. That was, uh, it was yes. great to hear that you were there. I was in Toronto and I loved it. I yeah. loved Toronto. It was, it was a great place um, to be in. Yeah. But there are some Even with the snow. great churches there. We're really grateful for them and um, and how they are serving the Lord as well. Now, listeners, um, if you are unfamiliar with uh, Dahadi, he is the lead pastor of Blueprint Church in Atlanta, Georgia. He's also the vice president of the uh, North American Mission Board Send Network. Um he has uh, degrees from Dallas Theological Seminary, Southeastern Baptist uh, Theological Seminary as well. He and his wife have seven children. Yes. It's never a dull seven moment. Seven yes. children. <laughs> never a dull moment. I think I've met three of your three of your children now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, whenever I travel, I mean, it's, you know, when you yeah. have so many, it's like you get some good daddy <laughs> daughter time or daddy son time yeah. and so yep. uh, usually I'll travel with them and yeah. we get some time and you know so yeah I yeah. I enjoy so I think yeah, I yeah. Think you've met met about three of them yeah yeah they're they're great kids from the brief conversations I've had with yeah. them so yeah. 
So I mean, they, they just kind of sit in the corner with their headphones on. Well, that's, you know, that's what's happening like, right now. Yeah, exactly. but, you know, <laughs> but, it's, but, you know, I would like to say it's a discipling moment and people, I'm, they're hey, always listening in. She, but She's listening to no, you. You're, you're yeah. one of your sermons right yeah, now. Yeah, they're probably so. listening to you guys. <laughs> The podcast she after. She just looked up. Yeah. And she's looking at us like, what is going on? Are you guys talking about me? No. Oh, all right. And well, so, you know, and yeah. I, let me speak on this real quick and yes, then we'll get please. to it. Because it's it's awesome. First of all, it's awesome that you have seven kids. Yeah. Um, yes. You probably get some side eyes from oh, no. people and it's wrong. I mean, I, we we believe that kids are a gift from God and so we need to honor that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just say that first up front. But you taking them on trips, I try to do the same thing. I can't do it as much as I'd like uh, because of school, because of I fly a lot of places and, yeah. and you know, um, but whenever it's a local place or close, I try to take one and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Uh, for me, the redeem the redeeming value is to integrate them into what dad's doing yeah. mm-hmm. because as a, formerly as a pastor, and you're a pastor, of mm-hmm. course, now, you know that, man, ministry robs the family so yeah. much. And you. this is why the pastor's kids thing yeah. is there's a truth to it that they're so embittered toward the church at times because they've seen it take away their dad. Yeah. yeah. And so to, yeah. the more I can integrate them, the more they can be part of it and at least, if nothing else, see that dad is doing something that he's trying to serve God, yeah. you know, and, and, and they can do that. We can be there. And the car rides yeah. are also yeah. of great value. Well, I mean, what I just heard is that you're a better dad than me because <laughs> um, one, one, your kids actually were listening to you, you know, and they're integrating. And then two, you made sure that they stayed in school. And like for me, like my daughter's missing school today. So it's just kind of like, I'll, I'll just take them out of school. Right. And just kind of like, the only reason I feel better than missing. you is because I like snow. Oh, see, no. That's the only so area. That Other was actually that, one of the knots. See, see, I cheat and I homeschool. So, um, so ever, so anytime my kids go with me anywhere, it's a field trip. Day. It's a field trip. So, it's it's, it's yeah, a yeah, learning so opportunity. That is. That's what I heard. Look, Brian, you know, the only person I think I'm better than is you. That's true. That's true. But I definitely think that is true that you are better. Yeah. No, I just have better hair, but you got better beard games. So I do. Well, and and Tara, my wife, sent me an article. Apparently, I have more germs in my beard than a dog or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. that's so There's some news article. Wait a minute, your around. wife sent you that? Yes. So uh, is she trying to say you something? I, there's I, a deep, I just there's sent a deep bonding, uh, love, and affection right yeah, there. That, that fake is, news. That's all I responded. Yeah, 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 that's fake right. news. <laughs> I think there's something deeper there. I think, I that's think so. Her right. saying that she wants you to... T- to shave. I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm know. Not I'm smart maybe. enough to pick up on yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's time for a gospel-centered beard conversation. If I mm, shave my beard, though, it's just like this mass of skin on my bald head it and does everything. Look, it's, it's just yeah. two eyebrows floating out. It actually is deeply troubling when yeah. he doesn't have a beard. No, so. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I need to I like it. I'm sorry. I mean, I, usually I agree with the wife, but I can't. I, I'm agreeing you. with you. Yeah. Thank you. But there keep you the beard. It's a good look. I'm going to tell her. Nice, nice. All right, so, uh, but uh, that's enough beards and banter uh, for us. As much fun as this this is for us, at least. Um, you know, one of the things that we that we like to do on, on the show is we like to explore a book of the Bible or a passage of scripture and think about it through through the perspective of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And there is a and. One of my personal hobby horses is, um, you know, going and exploring the least read books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so one of those that I have a deep abiding affection for that's in the New Testament is um, is the book of Philemon. Um, yeah. And I think I even pronounced his name right. Yeah. There we go. Philemon, I, Philemon. 
I'll go with Philemon. Philemon? Yeah. Philemon. I feel Philemon. Philemon. Yeah, I, yeah. That's what I go with. Yeah, it, feel, yeah. It, it rolls off the tongue a little bit better. It's got a, it's got a good mouthfeel there. Philemon sounds like so, a light bulb thing. Yeah. It does. It, like, it's got a filament. Yeah. You know? It's got a filament. And, uh, yeah, I think yeah. the filament's broken. Yeah, that's right. It's burnt out. Yeah. But, uh, but this, is, this is a book. It was actually um, one of the first books that I ever led a discussion on in a small group. And, and so that was part of what... Uh, um, made it connect with me. I don't think I understood it very well, and I don't think I did a good job of it, but I did it, and that's yeah. what was the important thing. Important. Um, also, side note, if you're a new believer, Paul was very, very serious about new believers not leading things. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so, um, so what we wanted to do today is um, we actually wanted to talk with you about this great kind of obscure, um, often forgotten epistle of Paul mm. that is written to this one individual. Mm. Um, and that in itself is something that's super rare is we're familiar. He's got a total of four mm. in the, in the new Testament that are written to individuals as opposed to churches. Um, and this one is the one that we overlook so much, but it's so deep and rich yeah. with well the other like Titus and, and Timothy they're written to individuals but you can see clearly it applies to so many more I mean oh, any absolutely. pastor any leader in, in ministry this one seems a little bit more specific and it's also shorter so we, we tend yeah. to skip over it, and it yeah. I mean, it, and those were pastoral epistles but yeah. this is um, something that was Philemon was written um, to an individual even though he was overseeing the church as well so all of them were pastors and uh, people who were overseeing the church but what's interesting is that um, that it was neglected very intentionally, you know, and um, and if you even studied some of the church history of the book of Philemon and the historical kind of um, background of Philemon is that a lot of people, because they would like slavery and it's not slavery in the way that we see slavery, yeah. but it was slavery in kind of in that first century. And um, they did not see it as an issue and because many people had slaves owned slaves and all of that and so they just kind of like took this book and just kind of pushed it to the side and it's like you know and so this even the canonization of it and them accepting this was a very intentional thing but i think it's very helpful um in their day but it's also very helpful for us in our day as we're addressing yeah. a lot of the issues well there's yeah. one key point in here that i'm sure we're gonna get to that i believe makes this book necessary today more than ever yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you bring that up, Ryan? Yeah, was, well, that, was that a hanger? I was just like, no, 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 no. Well, because no. I mean, I mean, right away, we you you've already kind of kind of hinted at um, why we should be reading this book. I mean, the fact that the fact that even the church has neglected it uh, a little bit over over the centuries. Um, one that should that should humble that should humble us that it's like. Um, if we, uh, you know, if we in our time see a concern in a, um, con a concern in the mo in the modern church about uh, the potential for for neglecting certain passages or or certain books of the Bible, we have to recognize that this has been an ongoing problem for two thousand years. That and so rather than saying rather than holding up the early church or the medieval church or the uh, Reformation era church, um, what have you, um, rather than holding, holding the past up as a pedestal, let's remember that they, they are just like us, that we, that we are all tempted to read scripture through a particular lens and overlook passages that we don't think apply to us. And I think that's context. a really important thing um, to 
you know, to bring out is that Paul specifically, since we're talking about him today, is a missionary. You know, he, you know, he was a missionary and he was a theologian. But a lot of times when we think about missionaries or theologians, we think theologians are kind of sit, kind of drinking their Starbucks and kind of just pontificating on just kind of biblical principles and trees and, you know, just kind of thinking about like, Mm. you know, the things of God and, you know, but when you recognize Paul was addressing real problems, Mm -hmm. you know, in a day and, you know, and so it wasn't just kind of like, oh, the gospel is the ABCs and revelation is, you know, the end times is for the you know, yeah. the later, the heady people. But he's just like, no, whatever the issue was, he was addressing issues. So I look at the Bible a lot of times in the same way that you think about Jeopardy. You know the game Jeopardy? Mm-hmm. Jeopardy was like, they give you the answers and then you're trying to figure out what is the question that is mm-hmm. being answered. And so when you think about kind of Thessalonica, Paul was only in Thessalonica for three weeks, but he's addressing it at the end of every chapter. He's talking about end times. Yeah. You know, and these are people who have converted three weeks you know that that don't have but that was the issue of their day and so he addressed the issue and so it's our responsibility is to figure out okay what is the problem that he is specifically addressing and then what are the parallel problems that we have in our day and so there are some very serious um, parallel problems that we have in our day that Philemon addresses and answers that question absolutely so what would you what would you say are some of those parallel problems that uh that Philemon addresses. Well, I mean, I just think one, I mean, we talk, you can talk about injustice, you can talk about um, self-righteousness, you can talk about um, what I would call even justified righteousness. Mm. And I think that is one of the things is justified righteousness is sort of like that, this idea is when I'm justified, it's it's about doing, taking, doing evil for evil or yeah. whatever. It's sort of like, you know, it's the Liam Neeson movie. It, it is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you have, you took my daughter so I can go kill 20 people. <laughs> whatever it takes. You know, whatever it takes. I can go t- kill 20 people, break a thousand laws in order to get my daughter back and I'm justified at the end. I'm the hero. Yeah. You know, it's that, those. that's kind of that justified righteousness. And so Paul in this book is addressing this issue of justified righteousness. You have this man as a runaway slave and Paul's like, but something happened. He was converted and now he's coming back and he's just like, and he's basically saying, listen, you are justified in having, but there's a gospel perspective to to this that we need to address. And and that's kind of the point that I I think is so important today that that Paul in in verse 15, I think it is, Mm -hmm. says, look, he he left you a slave, but he's Mm -hmm. coming back more than that. He's coming back as a brother. Yeah. And so the gospel transforms our identity. Yeah. Um, it is the way, and today in our culture, we are, our culture struggling with, with identity. How mm-hmm. do you define yourself? Mm-hmm. And I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. Mm-hmm. And as believers, we need to be careful of recognizing that it's the gospel that provides our identity. Everything mm-hmm. else flows from it. And the gospel unites, mm-hmm. should unite. Yeah. And we are seeing, I'm seeing that is not the case. Just spend a little bit of time on the Twitter and you will see easily how the church is, is fragmented. We're, we're, we're not just allowing ourselves to be fragmented. We are, we are creating right. fragmentation because we are forgetting about the unity of the gospel and we are, yeah. we are letting secondary, tertiary, and beyond issues yeah. form wedges in us. And I think I mean, we, we want to be known more by the adjective or adverb that's in front of the Christian than yes. actually being Christian. And for mm-hmm. some, you know, we, we want to be reformed Christian or black Christian or white Christian or, you know, and I don't think, I mean, and I think we champion those labels that go before instead of after. And, and, and it doesn't 
change the fact that I am African-American or that you are Anglo or because those are real realities that we really need to address. And what I love about Paul is that Mm -hmm. he doesn't in Philemon, he doesn't like minimize those things. He says, no, these are real issues and this is real problems, but there's something that supersedes that. And that is this new identity that we have in Christ. And so there's a certain expectation that we are to, to have and to, to walk in light of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I mean, one of the things that I, I love in, in, in the book is when Paul starts his appeal for, um, for Onesimus. And again, I think I said his name right. Is, is am I right? The I'm key go, is, I go with Onesimus. All right, that's better than one Simus. It, it is better than one Simus <laughs> yes. or one Simus. Yes. Or um, I get, but as we all know, the key with any any biblical name is say it quickly it. and confidently. Exactly. And then you go. People think you are but, just. Oh, you're like, oh, you know oh how that's how you say it. That's right. That's oh. how you just say sell it. it. Yes. Yeah, so Onesimus, guys. Onesimus. Um, but uh, what I love is is that he begins his appeal. Um, like this, uh, saying to Philemon, for this reason, although I have great boldness in Christ to command you to do what is right, I appeal to you instead on the basis of love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that to me is just a fascinating um, piece there, a piece of this, this letter, thinking that, that Paul could go and say, it's like, okay, I have all the authority on earth to tell you to do, mm-hmm. to do what I'm going to tell you, what I'm going to say. Um, I mean, there's a there's a degree to which it almost feels a little bit passive aggressive that it's like I'm telling you, but not telling yeah. you. Well, very he does very that more later as well. <laughs> a little bit. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, maybe you should think about, or if I were you, um, but but instead says no. Or I'm I'm appealing. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm asking you to do this out of love as mm-hmm. a as a fellow brother brother in Christ as a co heir with Christ. And I think it kind of ties into Paul's um, foundational, you know, philosophy of how he goes about doing ministry. Paul in Second Corinthians chapter five, verse I think thirteen or fourteen, it says, "I am controlled or compelled by the love of God." You know, and I think that that mindset is. I think what shapes his ministry and he is now trying to pass that down to Philemon and that love isn't love unless it can be abused or taken advantage of, you know, and it's just kind of this unconditional love that yes, we can either fight for just simply justice or we can fight for reconciliation, you know, and the thing is that you can have reconciliation or you can have justice without reconciliation, yeah. but you can't have true reconciliation without justice. Which, right. which goes back to what you were saying earlier to Hadi, that, that he, Paul is modeling what he wants uh, Philemon to practice, yeah. that he had every right to treat Onesimus harshly when mm-hmm. he returned. But Paul's saying, look, don't, don't focus on what you can do. Let's talk about what you should do, compelled right. out of love, compelled by the gospel. So Paul is, is modeling that to... to right. So, so let's, let's think about, about this um, from that perspective. Um, when, what is a way that, that we can take that same principle and apply it to some of the, the current situations that we have right now so i mean one one obvious one and um we'll get to this a a little in a little bit when we when we we plug um your upcoming your upcoming book um but um one of the one of those things is this this uh 
the the issue of racial reconciliation and the the ethnic divide that mm-hmm. um, uh, as a as a foreigner coming in and um, we have our own kind of ethnic divides in Canada, um, but seeing it from the sidelines, um, seeing different seeing these conversations that are happening and are happening in the church where there is where to a degree people are at loggerheads sometimes because it seems like they're just talking past one another using the same language to mean different things to mean different things um or sometimes agreeing but not being able to see that they agree how how can Philemon help us in in from that point of view? Well, I mean, I think Paul gives us a few principles in here, you know, and and part of it is this idea. And when the one that stands out to me more is running to the tension, you know, um, instead of trying to not to act like it's not there, but running to the tension with the heart for reconciliation, mm-hmm. you know. And I think what Paul he says, man, I could have kept him with me. You know, Onesimus, I could have kept him with me because he would be helpful, but I thought I would send him back to you. So he runs to the tension because he recognizes that even though he was converted, I don't want to like, let's talk about the elephant in the room. And I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room. We need to yeah. run to the tension because our country is divided. Yeah. You know, and and, and the, the reality is, is that I serve at a church um, that is that there's people at our church who voted for President Trump. And then there's people at our church who think that if you voted for President Trump, you're the devil. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's just kind of like we have these worlds together. So instead of acting like this is not you know a problem let's run let's avoid it yeah and let's yeah. avoid it let's Hope run to the tension yeah. right let's run to the tension and a lot of times what you see and i'm gonna write make caricatures of it but it's like either you have white fragility you know or minority fatigue like yeah. minorities don't want to talk about it because nothing ever changes you know whites don't want to talk about it because i don't want to be considered like a part of the problem yeah you know and it's just kind of like and there's like this no win situation and so there's this kind of like so let's just avoid it and let's not talk about it at all and i think you know but what we see paul's like no let's run to the tension let's create environments so that we can have healthy conversation and let's validate and bring dignity restore dignity to to all sides and do that in a way that is um, honoring to christ yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess that's that's kind of one of the ways that this book helps helps to point us to Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. That um, that in this book, what we're seeing is we're seeing um, Paul recognize the dignity of of both Philemon and Onesimus. That um, and that really comes through in that in that brotherly language that 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 he keeps emphasizing, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, and that's really was the heart of the book is this like we see that Jesus took initiative for the benefit of others. And, you know, so in this passage, Paul is similar, like he's sort of a type of Christ where he's running to the tension. He is he even talks about and at the end and I will come back and return and visit, you know. And so it's just kind of like this type of Christ that he is lifting up that we are kind of as representatives are what. Second Corinthians said, but we are his ambassadors mm-hmm. 
you know, that that is our message. Be reconciled. And so let's run to the tension. Let's run with a heart of reconciliation. But in the and then show them that how Jesus is the solution. And and it's yeah. really thinking about kind of um, being fluent, being fluent in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so he's able to apply gospel centered issues to a, a, a pervasive problem that is in the country. You know, because if you think about it, think about the pressure that um, Philemon had. Right. Yeah. Um, the the neighbors yeah. that also had slaves that ran away. Well, finally, I mean, if you don't address this issue with Onesimus, then what is going to happen with our slaves? Exactly. You know, then now you're going to set a pattern. You're going to set precedent that we're not in. You know, the witness that run he off had. The <laughs> yeah, they are going right. to. Yeah, and then I'll go get saved exactly. so that they don't have so they can be free. Like what, Onesimus, I mean. You have to punish him. You have to, and so just think about the pressure, the the precedent, the that Philemon, and so could, must have felt, could have felt, you know. But Paul was like, no, we got to run to this issue because we are new creations in Christ Jesus, and you know. And so, I mean, I think there's so much to this book, and I think there's so much, so many reasons why this book was neglected, and I think it is so critical for us in our day, especially as we're about to, as we're entering into. This political season, we're already, you know, oh, yeah. and it's not just mm-hmm. Democrat Republicans. I mean, it is Democrats against Democrats. It's Republicans yeah, yeah, exactly. Republicans. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, we are intentionally like, you know, it's about self, self promotion, self, you know, and what we see taking place, and that we are not able to have healthy conversations about, especially when we have issues that we disagree with. And so, when it comes to kind of the racial tension, when it comes to the issues of injustice, when it comes to Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, I mean, you talk about like we 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 begin to choose a side, mm-hmm. and then just begin to draw the line, and it creates greater and greater division and separation. Yeah, we, and we we dig our heels in. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of this just goes back to humility, that we've got to be a people saturated with humility to recognize, for me, what I'm seeing is issues are more complex than I tend to yeah. see at first. You say, oh, you know, it's really easy. It's really clear. Here's, here's like, we're talking about, no, you know, Philemon, just welcome him back. Yeah. But then you're talking about, but think about what position that put Philemon. It's a little bit more complicated. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of the, the issues that we talk about today are the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's easy to, to choose one issue in isolation and just think, all right, I know what the, the I know what's right in this. Yeah. And so I'm just going to defend it and defend it and defend it. And meanwhile, we're, we're not understanding, wait a minute, there's, there's another side to the coin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in that, while there are so many complexities, but I think the biggest thing is that we can't get paralysis by analysis, right? Yeah. And so, yes. and this is where Paul is like, listen, I recognize Attention. That's why the book was canonized. Yeah. Right? That's why it's a part that he understands this is a real problem in the complexity and all those. And this is going to affect probably Philemon's social status or how he is viewed. But Paul doesn't let uh, give him a back door wow. out. Right. But then on the Onesimus side, Onesimus, he's sending him back. Like he's sending him back and he's probably the one who's taking the letter yes. to him. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, I'm sending you back. But. With this letter, read this first. Yeah, read, read this first. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. like, but this also can affect you, yeah. yeah, Onesimus, because there is a legal system. Yes, you know that, and he is justified in the legal system to do that. And so, both it's going to cost both of you something, and it's and it can cost you something dearly. So, while there are a lot of nuances and you know and layers to it, as believers, we can, we gotta, you know. You know, wade through all of that to yeah. get to yeah. the to the issue of, of the heart of the gospel in it. Yeah, absolutely. That feels like a really 
good spot for good us word. to 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 end on. That is a I don't know if we can if we can finish stronger than stronger than that. Um, but uh, one question that I do have is you have a book that's coming out that's actually based on um, based on your study of, of the book of Philemon called Advocates. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, it's really about what we've been talking about, you know, in a, in a day that the country has been so divided. You know, a lot of times I talk about we cannot give what we do not have. You know, if the church is equally as divided as our country, yeah. then how can we really speak to anything um, with any type of authority. And so really, this is why I believe that Jesus says the world will know you're my disciples because of your love for one another. And so really the book Advocates is really about how in a day where people are just throwing grenades and don't really care how it affects anyone, yeah. you know, how can we really run to the tension, you know, of this conflict, you know, and this is, I kind of highlight ethnic tension, but it really can apply to any Mm-hmm. How do we run the attention and how do we run with a heart of reconciliation, you know, and so that's really kind of what the book and we take the principles of um, the of Paul that he uses as and so like what are some transferable principles that we can apply um, in our context. So the book is meant where I, where I do, you know, speak and think, you know, help just kind of bring out some of the you know prominent views and all that. But I primarily am not telling you how to think. I'm mm. giving you tools on how to have healthy conversation. Mm. And so I'm writing it in a way that is helping people to engage with the idea that you are coming to the table with differing views and differing opinions. Yeah. You know, and so again, like Philemon and Onesimus, is that you had two people who are probably looking at this from two very distinct ways and how mm-hmm. Paul runs as an advocate, not as someone who's just kind of aggravating the yeah. situation, yeah. but like he's advocating for reconciliation. Yeah. Man, I am so looking forward to to reading that. Yep. Um yeah, it sounds exactly like what we need a lot more of um as opposed to the what to think more how do we think about this together? How do we live in light of of the gospel in this area? And that's so necessary. I'm so excited. I'm sure that it's going to be a blessing for for Every reader, every pastor who who picks it up, um, every church member who picks it up, um, yeah, and praying God does great things through it. So, yeah, Amen. All right. So, um, Dahadi, thanks for for joining us on on this episode, man. This thanks was a lot me. of fun, um, and thanks for for helping defend the anti-snow camp here yeah, on snowophobes. The... <sighs> I've had enough of it, Brian. I've had enough of it. I'm sorry I couldn't help you out, Brian. So but sorry, I man. do agree with the beard. Thank you and the beard. Yeah, that's right. And that, that matters more yeah, yeah. day-to-day living. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Thanks, All right. Uh, so, listeners, um, if you've enjoyed this episode, you can uh, leave a uh, five-star rating and review on if iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Brian really insists on it being sincere. Uh, I'm going to five-star. I'll go for the five-star. I'm a little bit less concerned. I'm just going to be honest here. This is, uh, this is a safe place. We're all we're all together in the gospel, and so I can be honest about about that. I just want the five star rating. I only um, want the A that I earn. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, well, that, I, I mean, I think there's so. different ways, different approaches. That's right. That's everything, right. You know, but um, I'm playing the long game. Yeah, right? playing the long, the long game. game here. Yeah. So, um, but uh, but also do. Uh, do go to um, lifeway.com or Amazon, wherever you buy books, 
pre-order a copy of Advocates today. Don't wait. Yep. Do it now. You will not regret it. And it um, is meant to, you know, it's, you can buy it in bulk. And it's mm. really, it's going to be sold in that way. Where Good. It's meant to have multiple people. I think, I don't know the exact mm-hmm. prices, but it's meant to that you can buy multiple copies so that you can read it together and then discuss whatever that mm. issue, that nice. tension issue is. And that you can all have the same kind of playbook that you're working on as you engage. So rules of engagement. Yeah. Nice. Perfect. All right. Um, And uh, yeah, so until next time, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.